great to be back with you again. We have been moving along in Psalms, and, and, and today we're at Psalm 84. It's a, it's a fantastic psalm. I have a question to start us off with, and it's this. What makes the biggest difference, the place we're in or the people we're with? What makes the biggest difference in our life, the place we are in or the people that we are with? When I first started off in youth ministry, one of the things I did was uh, I planned a mission trip, and I was going all out for this mission trip. I mean, I was holding back nothing. I wanted to take as many of the young people as possible. Questioned about the wisdom of doing that, I said, oh, no, the more the merrier. As long as they met the criteria, man, they should come. Well, before we knew it, we had over 20 people going on this mission trip down to Mexico. And as great as it sounded, all of a sudden the realization was is that the budget for this was huge. How could we come up with that much money? So we began to be creative in how we we're going to raise that money, and we were looking for opportunities to work. And an opportunity came up to clear out a chicken barn. It was a, a, a lane hen barn, and there were thousands of chickens that needed to be taken out, and we were going to get a few thousand dollars for doing it. So we rallied our, our youth together, and we got some parents uh, to come in and do this. And I can tell you that that job was the dustiest, smelliest, nastiest job, one of the nastiest jobs I've ever done. I mean, it was, it was, it was awful. But there was something about it that all of a sudden the smell, the dust, and how nasty it was seemed to disappear. And it really was because of the people that we were doing it with this group of people who were focused on on doing this for a reason and working together it was it was it was fabulous matter of fact when we were asked to do it again we we said yes and we even had more people coming out to help us it was the people later on um, i had another opportunity it was uh it was to climb mount saint helens with my dad. It was about 10 years after Mount St. Helens had blew its top. And we climbed up to the top, got up early in the morning, made our way up to the top. And as we got up there, and my dad and I stood at the rim of Mount St. Helens, and, 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 and we looked across uh, this mountain, um, a word, only one word could really describe what what we were looking at. And that's a word that I reserve, um, I only really say, in one area, and it only fits God, and that is awesome. I mean, what the display of seeing the top of that mountain gone, and as much of the top of the mountain gone was the crater that we were looking down into, and then we could see a glow in there. We could see some smoke rising up. It was it was it was incredible. It was crazy. And then the circumference of what was what was gone too. The, the amount of earth that was just disappeared was incredible and truly we were standing in a place that was just seemed very awesome and I thought that as I was standing there I, I couldn't think of a better person to be with my father to share this moment this God moment with him I, I could have done it all by myself but boy to be up there with my dad the place was very spectacular, and it, and, it, and it displayed God's power, for sure, has awesome power. But to be there with my father was really incredible. I think David, as he moves us in this psalm, and, and unfortunately, we don't have time to dive into all of it. I wish I did. It's deep. It's rich. We're going to look at the first four verses. But even in these first four verses, David is really saying in these verses, it's not about the place 
but it's about the person in the place. In this case, this is God's, this is God's temple. This is, it's a miraculous temple. It's a beautiful temple. It, it, it's a display of the glory of God to the best human possibility. But it's really God in that place that makes the place. So let's read what he says here. He says this, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. A place near the, your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in the house of the Lord. Are, they are ever praising you. We could easily miss what David is trying to capture here. The picture is not the place, but the person. As I said before, it's not the place, it's the person in the place that really makes a place. The chicken barns were terrible, they were awful, but it was the people that I was with that made the memory, that made the place. Or when I was up on Mount St. Helens, how awesome that was, how beautiful, how majestic, how mind-blowing of the power that, that was exerted to, to remove all that earth and the dirt and the rocks and everything. It was the fact that I was there with my dad to experience it. Why is David yearning and even fainting for God's courts? It's because God is there. <clears throat> In so many ways, David is saying how fortunate the birds, how fortunate the birds are that, that they get to dwell there all the time. They get to make their nest there. They get to raise their young in this place where God dwells. They get to wake up every morning singing to God. They get to go to bed every night singing to God. And he is saying there is not a better place for us to be than dwelling with God. Here's the kicker. We don't have to go to a place the person has come to us. We don't have to go someplace where God is. God is in us. Crazy and amazing as it is. But do we go there with God? Do we actually sit with God in us? That's my challenge. What part of my life is yearning, fainting with my heart to be with God? Where is my sanctuary? Where do I steal that time. I don't think steal is the right word. No, where do I make the time to be with God in that way where, where it's solely Him and I? Is it in the morning? Is it at night? Is it a few minutes where you go into the washroom and lock the door so the kids can't get in? It, it, it doesn't matter. But what I think matters is how I look at my time with God, how I look at this intimate time with God. Do I look at it as as important as it is for me to keep breathing? If I stop breathing, I die. I can't live without breathing. It's impossible. Do I look at it that spending time with God is that important that I can't live without Him? That's what David is saying here. Oh Lord, your dwelling place, oh Lord. How lovely is that dwelling place? There are days that I find that I run. My, my time, I have the luxury, the pleasure, the, the opportunity to come into the office here at the church and spend time with God. And there are some mornings I run to get here because I need to spend time with Him. So I ask my co a question. 
What part of my life reflects this yearning, this fainting to be with God? Where is it that I am finding a sanctuary to draw near to God? Is he a priority in my life? So as I read this, I see that God hasn't left me alone to try to figure it out. When I read through Leviticus, as I'm doing right now, I see the length and the depth that God went to to tell Israel, this is how you're going to be able to dwell with me. This is how you're going to be able to find me and know me. He goes through, through all these details of the sacrifices and the offerings that they are to lay before him. Why? Because when they do that, they come into dwelling with him. They come into fellowship with him. And the length in which God has gone for us to have that now is through Jesus Christ. And the gift is the Holy Spirit that he has given us. God himself dwells in us. And now it is us to take the opportunity to come to him. I wonder and I look back at my life and I see the weak moments in my life. And the weak moments will always correlate to the time in which I did not give God so, when I look at this, and I'm challenged by this, I come to this question. Do I see that dwelling with God, being with Him, is just as important as breathing air? How do I do it? Here's what I'll say. First of all, slow down. Second of all, pick a time. If you're not doing this right now, I would not suggest this, to make a commitment to do it every morning. You'll more likely fail, and when we fail, we, more, we get discouraged and we stop. So I would tell you this, if you're not doing this now, if you're not picking a time, slowing down, pick a time, one time, one time a week, maybe twice, twice a week, where you say, I'm going to give five, ten minutes to just dwell with God. No agenda. Maybe pick a characteristic attribute of God, his love, his mercy, his atoning, um, his, 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 the atonement of God, his sanctification, the love, wh whatever it is. Pick, pick an attribute, pick a characteristic, and just dwell on that, nothing else. Move, remove the distractions from your life and just spend that 10, 15 minutes dwelling with him. Don't talk to him other than to tell him how great and wonderful he is. Don't ask him anything, but wait. I'll guarantee you that if you look at this time with God as just as important as it is for you to keep breathing, you will not be disappointed. And you will say, as David says, how wonderful it is, Lord, to be dwelling with you. How lovely it is to be with you. Lord, Help us, forgive us first. We, we, we become so busy that there are so many other things that get priority, and yet you have to be the priority in our life. Lord, as we move deeper into that time, may you grant us the ability, the hunger, the longing to be with you. May we, may we understand and sense your longing to be with us. Lord, thank you that you will receive us as we are today and that we can move closer to you tomorrow. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you today.
Thank you.